Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. My name is Rebecca Whitman, and I'm a success mentor. I believe there are seven pillars of success. Your spiritual life, your physical fitness, your emotional, romantic, mental, social, and finally, your financial life. When you get all seven areas in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I learned this the hard way. I've always made money. Unfortunately, I spent so much time making money that I never had time for the rest of my life. So, despite not having financial worries, I was never happy. I wanted romance, but I didn't have time to date. I wanted to be in great shape, but I couldn't find a moment to go to the gym. I wanted a more spiritual life, but I didn't meditate. That also takes time. I wanted to read great books and fill my mind with deep thoughts, but I never made the time. I wanted a great social life, not just going to work-related events. Emotionally, I was a wreck because my life was totally out of balance. Today, I earn more money than I ever have in my life, and I work only part-time. I have the relationship of my dreams. I'm in the best physical shape of my life. I'm spiritually grounded. I feel fulfilled mentally, socially, and emotionally. My life is in perfect alignment. This podcast will help you discover where your life is out of balance. My mission is to support you in achieving work-life balance so that you can have more fun and freedom in life. On my show, you will get to learn from experts in all seven areas of abundance. My guests have achieved tremendous success in their zone of genius. Are you ready to go to a level 10 in all seven areas of life? You got this. Hi, Tracy Stanley. Hello there. It's so great to see you, Rebecca. It's been a long, long time. I know. We have known each other for 10 years, and we had one beautiful encounter where we spoke on a live conference for International Peace Day. And ever since then, I've been following you on social media, and I've just seen you completely transform your life in so many ways. And I'm so inspired by you. So, of course, I wanted to have you on the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here. And I want to tell my listeners a little bit about your bio before we get into the questions I have for you. So, Tracy Stanley is a prominent teacher of meditation who specializes in yoga nidra, the practice of conscious sleep. She is also a coach, a speaker, an author, featured in the Yoga Journal, O Magazine, and she's been on faculties for spiritual centers like Esalen. She left a career as a Hollywood film producer to focus her energy into her studies that were more empowering and rejuvenating to her soul. Her new book, Beyond Radiant Rest, is coming out next month. So I know we talked a little bit before we hit record about your journey, but I know my listeners want to know, how did you go from being a Hollywood producer to a yoga and meditation teacher? That's a great question. (laughs) And and, and a good story. Um, And what I would say is, Something that a lot of people don't know is that I was teaching yoga, practicing yoga, and actually owned a yoga studio during the entire time, mostly, that I was producing films. Mm. So I found yoga right at the same time that I started interning at a production company. 
And I really kind of credit the practice of yoga for being able to keep me balanced and clear during that long kind of over decade career that I had um, making movies. That's incredible. Cause that's what I teach my clients is if you're in a career that you don't love, find a side hustle, find a passion project that lights your soul up and you'll bring that energy into everything you do. So simultaneously, you started studying yoga. Was it just for fun, for fitness, because you had anxiety? Like what brought you to the study of yoga as you started your career as a film executive? Mm. Well, I had a moment of spontaneous meditation um, when I was living in South Africa. And I didn't know what happened. I can call it now a moment of spontaneous meditation, but at the time, all I knew was that everything seemed to get very quiet and very still. And I felt like I had answers and inspiration about things that I had been thinking about and wondering about for a long time. I knew that something happened. It felt like time and space just kind of dissolved and that I almost dissolved at the same time. And I asked around to people, like telling them about my experience. And not a lot of people knew what I was talking about. In fact, you know, kind of looked at like I had 12 heads until somebody came along and said, oh, wait a second, here's some books that you should read. And he gave me a bunch of meditation books, some Khalil Gibran books, um, Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And I started to read and understand that I needed to explore meditation um, and yoga. And when I came back to the States, one of the first things that I did was look for a yoga studio and there happened to be one right around the corner from my house in Studio City. So I started practicing and um, it was love at first, breath work, breath mantra, <laughs> breath, every, everything. Um, and I started practicing five days a week. And then I found myself um, in a position to intern at a company and it was, you know, back in the day when the workday kind of ended at six because we didn't have cell phones. <laughs> so I would go right to work. I would practice yoga in the studio. And so it really became a part of my, li my daily life. I love it. So literally, as you started your climb up the Hollywood ladder, you had this daily practice of yoga. So what kind of yoga did you start off with? And how did your journey from that kind of yoga take you to yoga nidra? Mm, that's a really good question. So I started off with kundalini yoga. Um, I walked into the studio and they said, go left for beginners. And I didn't know for many years that there was any other kind of yoga. Um, mm -hmm. And so until I walked into a class because my teacher was ill that day and realized like, oh, wait, this is this yoga is different. And so then I just started to explore. Um, you know, I found the Bodhi Tree in West Hollywood, which was a spiritual bookstore and started just going down those aisles and trying to find um, anything that kind of interested me. I would look through the books and start to read. I've always been an avid reader. Um, and then in 2001, I started to um, really want to find a teacher because I wanted to deepen my practice. And one of the teachers that I found 
um, led this practice. He didn't call it yoga nidra at the time, but it was a deep relaxation practice done lying down where you're guided to relax the body and just rest in spaciousness. And I fell in love with the practice. And I think anybody at that time who was touched a little bit of yoga nidra or deep relaxation fell in love with um, wanting to deeply relax. That's beautiful. So how long did you study with that teacher, that yoga nidra teacher? Well, he actually was um, a yoga meditation teacher at that time. I don't think he would have called himself a yoga nidra teacher. It was really something that was part of the practices that he was teaching. And I studied with him for over 20 years. What's his name? Um, his name is Rod Stryker. Um, he's written a number of books. He's a very well-known teacher. Um, and, you know, over the years, I think that he developed a deeper understanding of the practice and started to share it with us as students. And then, you know, I was doing my own research and studying with other teachers as well who were practicing and teaching Yoga Nidra. Um, and it really just was a great entree into being inspired because while a lot of yoga teachers at that time were teaching Shavasana or playing music during Shavasana, like, which is the last pose of the class where you're lying down in corpse pose, he was saying, don't let people just hang out, guide them to somewhere really sweet, guide them back to their own essence, um, or at least open the doorway for the possibility. Uh, so I feel really grateful to be able to have received that teaching from him. I love that because you're sitting there in corpse pose and your body is so surrendered, right? You stretched all your muscles and you're so relaxed and your subconscious is so open. So you could use that opening to take them to such a beautiful, positive place of transformation instead of just laying there. I think Absolutely. it's so beautiful. So do you always practice yoga nidra before you go to bed at night or can you practice it any time of day? Hmm, that's a really good question, too. Yes, um, you can practice yoga nidra anytime. Um, I personally practice it first thing in the morning um, because I love the clarity that I receive from the practice and just the feeling of being even more rested and more relaxed. And I feel like it sets the tone for my day. I know there are many people who use it because they um, don't sleep well. Um, so if they wake up in the middle of the night, they will guide themselves through a yoga nidra practice or they'll listen to a yoga nidra practice to help them um, to fall back asleep. Um, so it really depends on who you are and what's going on in your life and how best the practice can serve you. That's so beautiful. So let's go back to the entertainment because it's been called a soulless business, right? <laughs> How did you show up as the radiant spiritual being that you are, the yogini, the beautiful soul that you are? Like, how did you keep your soul in a soulless industry is my question. That's wonderful. You know, what I would say is that um, I've, I've never been someone who um, valued the hierarchy that exists in Hollywood. And I think I got to see very early on, um, thanks to, I think, the clarity of yoga and also just how I was raised in general, mm -hmm. um, that what it was important in life was being fulfilled mm. and was being truly happy. And even though there were a lot of shiny things in 
you know, that business, I also was able to sense a lot of unhappiness and lack of fulfillment under the surface. Yes. And that to me was like, oh, well, this is interesting because it seems like some of the people that I'm practicing with um, seem a little bit more happy and more fulfilled <laughs> than this A-list movie star. <laughs> so that I think was the first kind of entree into trying to um, be good at my job, which was something that I always wanted to do. And at the same time, trying to surround myself with my team of people who actually were more like-minded. And so I was lucky to find people in the industry that we gravitated together. We were a little bit more like-minded. Sometimes we would go to yoga together. Um, and I think that that really helped to buoy um, my ability to kind of stay centered and balanced. And at the same time, I've never been somebody that I'm very, I'm pretty introverted. So I'm not somebody who likes to go to parties. I'm not somebody who gets into like, you know, going out after work. When work was over, I was going to practice yoga and then I was going home and reading whatever script I needed to read and waking up early and practicing yoga. So I didn't get caught up in a lot of the strict curricular activities that people um, do when they have a lot of money and a lot of power. Yes, I love that. And I love how community is so important. So when you're trying to do something that only a small percentage can achieve, which is what you did, A-list producer status, you had that community, you had the people in your yoga studio and like-minded people to kind of keep your spirit and your your soul buoyed up so you didn't get caught up in the day-to-day -day politics and power struggles of the industry. Yeah, I had one um, really good friend at that time. His name was Eric, and he was, a, he was my covering agent um, over at William Morris, and he was a Kundalini practitioner. So we would always, you know, call each other and it, it give the real deal. And so it was just nice to be able to have... Um, somebody that was uh, a straight shooter because a lot of times my experience was that people were not um, always honest. And I even worked with people who I thought were really honest and only to find out later that they weren't. Mm -hmm. Wow. What a, what a journey. So you said you got up early when you were in the entertainment industry. So were you always someone who valued rest or was that a new epiphany as you learn more about yoga nidra? So were you one of those executives that was like, you know, just stay up late reading scripts, pound three cups of coffee in the morning, like run to studio or had you always valued rest? You know, my dad was always somebody who woke up with the sun and he always went to bed around nine, nine thirty, mm -hmm. And he would always say to me, oh, I'm getting my beauty sleep. <laughs> early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. He would say that over and over again. So even though I don't think he was um, necessarily giving me the message of the kind of rest that I'm talking about now, he was, he really did value and understand that he was more productive and clear and able to have energy that he needed to to work if he went to bed early 
and was able to rest. So going to bed early and waking up early, you're still getting your eight hours of sleep. So and you I've always been, always been somebody who woke up early. That was just something that he taught us at a very early age. So you've you know, always got at least eight hours of sleep? Yeah. And how do you still sleep eight hours an hour or do you sleep more or less? I probably sleep a little bit more now that I'm a little older. Um, I definitely like going to bed at the same time and waking up with the sun if I can. So, yeah. So let's talk about going to bed and waking up. So I know psychologically what you ingest right before you go to bed works on your subconscious. When you write, when you wake up, when you're still half asleep, then you're also very, your subconscious is very open to messages. So how do you teach your students to make the most of like the five minutes before you go to bed or the five minutes after you wake up? That's really beautiful. And I'm so glad that you're asking that question because it's in my book, actually. Great. Um, the book is filled with bedtime rituals and wake up rituals that are meant to take advantage of the hypnagogic and the hypnopompic states, which are those states between waking and sleeping and sleeping and waking because they are magical and they definitely have the power to be able to help you program your sleep as a way, as a way of speaking to it or um, really setting the tone for your day. And so it's a great place to be able to bring intention and to bring a clearing because a lot of times, you know, the last thing that we look at is the last post on, you know, Facebook or the last post on whatever social media and our sleep time is a really important time for us to be able to process all of what has happened during our day. Right. Um, so yeah, it's a really important and potent time. So I know we're all going to get your book. It's coming out next month, but just maybe give us one, give us a tease. Maybe give us one hack for the nighttime ritual, one <laughs> hack for the morning ritual that people could apply this week and start seeing results in their life. That's, um, that's great. So, you know, one of the things that I would say is even reframing the idea of a hack, right? is reframing and, and saying, I'm actually doing something to devote myself to my own evolution, mm -hmm. to my own peace of mind, right? Because we know that when we're rested and that we feel, we feel peaceful, things just seem to flow more. When yeah. you wake up or you have a terrible night's sleep, it feels like the whole day is, can be affected by that. So really just um, sitting down and asking yourself the question, what is it that I need most in my life right now? Mm, that's potent. Did you hear that? What is it that I need most in my life? Okay. And so I'm going to ask you, what is it that you need most in your life right now? <laughs> I think more rest because I'm one of those people who – I look at my cell phone to kind of unwind and I don't watch TV at night. I'll just look at my cell phone and then I'll go to bed. And I know that that is really potent time. And I have like a stack of 10 books next to my bed and I don't feel like I have the mental energy to read them. Like I feel like I've stimulated my mind so much during the day 
that I just want to like kind of zone out. So what would you recommend to someone like me mm. who is in the habit of looking at her phone right before she goes to bed? Yeah, I, I would say that if you could replace the habit of looking at the phone right before you close your eyes mm-hmm. and give yourself five minutes, right? So five minutes before you're ready to go to sleep, you say, okay, I'm turning off the phone and I'm maybe even putting the phone outside of the room if that <laughs> feels okay. <laughs> and then choosing one of your books. So which book is it that you really feel like beautiful and loved and inspired when you read it that's which one that's sitting yeah i forget the title but it's a book um like the top most inspiring vanity fair articles about women perfect so i don't know how fast you read but let's say you read a page a minute Mm -hmm. you just make a decision i'm gonna read five pages Right? Yeah, I'm going to read five pages of this and this is going to be like my palate cleanser. So it'll be the transition. I'm actually now making a conscious effort to create a transition between mm-hmm. me doing the scrolling and the time that I'm actually going to close my eyes and go to sleep. And so the transition begins when I pick up this book and I read these five pages. I turn that those I close those pages because I'm not looking at my Kindle. I'm actually looking at the paper book. Right. And then I close my eyes and I lie down and I just focus my breath at my heart center. Mm. And as I focus my breath at my heart center, I'm feeling as though the breath is moving in through the heart center and out through the heart center as though the heart center itself is breathing. Mm, I love it. And I just let that settle. And then I just relax for a few moments, just feeling that I can relax from the tip of my toes to the top of my head, feeling all the body parts relaxing one by one. I'm getting relaxed now, just you saying that. That's how powerful your voice is. And then as I get to the top of the head, I come all the way back down, back down to the toes. And then I bring my awareness back to the heart. And that question that you answered was that you needed rest more than anything. Mm -hmm. And so then you just ask for like in a form of a prayer or a petition, may I receive deep rest? Mm. May I receive deep rest? Just keep repeating that silently to yourself at your heart center and then allow yourself to drift off to sleep and then see what happens, how you wake up in the morning. And as you're waking up in the morning, in that space, because most of the time we set the alarm clock, right? And we jump out of bed. And we look at our phone again, yeah. And you look at the phone again. So you miss that transition, which Mm -hmm. is that space of magic, that you can also place an intention. And that intention can be something like, I am rested and I'm clear and I'm claiming beauty and peace for today. And Mm. then you start your day. So once again, you're acknowledging that there's a transition between you being asleep and you starting your day and you're infusing your day with intention. Oh, that's so beautiful. I absolutely love it. So how does, how does yoga nidra actually transform sleep? If you do it in the morning, if you do it at night, how does it create better sleep? Hmm. Well, yoga nidra is actually a spiritual practice. Right. Yoga nidra is um, 
a practice that means yogic sleep. It means the sleep of the yogis, mm -hmm. but it's actually sleep with a slight trace of awareness. So the purpose, as I understand it, of yoga nidra is not necessarily to give you better sleep, although people will use it for that because they're using it to help them feel rested. But rest is just a byproduct. It's like the fragrance that travels with you after you finish the practice of yoga nidra. Yoga nidra is actually a full system of yoga mm. that is meant to lead you to awakening. It's meant to lead you to spiritual transformation and to spiritual freedom. So it's nice to know that we have the spiritual practice that's meant for, for um, our spiritual awakening that can also help us to feel more rested um, because it's actually taking us through the brainwave states and through the stages of sleep that we would also be getting if we were actually going to sleep at night. But there's a part of us that's always awake and aware. And so that's the difference is that we're actually really allowing ourselves to, to be with that part of ourselves that is always awake and to follow the prana, the life force, back to its source. So at the end of the day, it's really the practice of dissolution, where we are able to let go of everything that isn't us. Beautiful. I love that. So it's a, it's a full yogic practice. So is it done by itself or is it always done in shavasana is it is it done always laying down are there poses these are some of the questions that my listeners might be asking yeah so it is done um generally lying down but it's done really in a comfortable supported position so that comfortable supported position might be different for you than it is for me and if i happen to be pregnant lying down on my back is not going to be helpful. So lying side lying is helpful. If someone is um, suffering from any kind of trauma, it might not feel safe. It might be too vulnerable to lie down on your back. So you could lie against the wall, sitting facing the door with eyes slightly open. There's many different ways in which you can receive the practice, um, but the practice is done on its own right? You don't need to necessarily do any kind of postures beforehand. And because it encompasses all of the limbs of yoga, it's a full system of yoga. The asana is the comfortable supported position. We're going to focus on the breath. So that brings us to the pranayama. And then we start to withdraw our senses inward, right? So that we can reassimilate into who we really are. And that's the pratyahara. And then all of the other limbs are also there. So the concentration, the meditation, and then hopefully if we let go enough, we get the, the grace of samadhi, which is that, that spiritual freedom. That's so beautiful. So I know you've studied with a lot of great spiritual teachers in and out of the yogic world. Who has been your favorite teacher and what have what is the lesson they taught you? <laughs> well, I don't know that I'm going to say favorite teachers, but um, what I would say is that I've had many, many teachers that have taught me um, different teachings and also different lessons through experiences, right? And 
Um, I don't know that I would choose one, but the, the teacher that I studied with for the longest that really shifted the way that I thought about yoga and what yoga is, is Rod Stryker. Mm -hmm. um, Gary Kraftsau is another teacher who really um, changed the way I thought about how to sequence and what yoga, the practice of yoga really can do for you. Um, Uma Dinsmir Tuli is another beautiful teacher of Yoga Nidra who really talks about the idea of decolonizing rest and reclaiming rest. Mm -hmm. um, Indu Aurora is another beautiful um, teacher that I'm just becoming acquainted with who has is an Ayurvedic teacher. And so I could go on and on and on about all the teachers. Um, Swami Veda Bharati is another amazing teacher who um, had since left his body uh, for the last, I think he passed in like 2011, but he was an amazing teacher. And all of these teachers, if you're interested, they all have, you know, books and websites to go and, and, and dig deeper. That's beautiful. So why is rest so important? Explain this to people. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people are just like, go, 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 go. Maybe speak into the masculine versus the feminine. You know, mm. why is rest so healing and important? Why do we deserve rest as women? A lot of women don't even feel like they deserve it. They want to take care of everyone first and they put their rest on the back burner. Yeah. So I guess the question um, that I would ask um, to anyone who's wondering about why rest is important is how, how do you feel when you're not rested? Mm. Yes, good, potent question. I like that, Tracy. Yeah, and then whatever the answer to that question is, right, how do you feel when you're not rested? If you continue that for the next 30 days, just imagine yourself being in that state whatever the answer was for the next 30 days, where does that leave you? Mm. And then if you continue that state for the next six months and the next year, just keep visualizing yourself not receiving rest. I mean, we will eventually become so exhausted that disease sets in in some way. Absolutely. Yeah, I experienced that. I mean, my gallbladder actually had, it failed. It got infected and I had emergency oh, gallbladder wow. surgery. Mm, so I, thank you. So I experienced that. So that's why I know that rest and balance are so important. So this is my last question. I was looking at your website and you have a whole series of lectures and cool cards and all this great information about leading an empowered life. Mm. So what does an empowered life mean to you? Mm. An empowered life to me is one in which I'm thriving. And I'm thriving despite circumstances that are around me. And that my thriving is not based on competition. It's based on cooperation and collaboration and allowing space for not only myself to rise, but others around me to rise in their own power. Um, it means that I'm aware of all of the things that 
have held me back over the years, all of the false beliefs that I have about myself and about the world, and that I've taken time to examine the root of those beliefs and to dismantle those that are not true Mm. and to have the courage to be able to live into what I know is my truth, no matter how scary that may be. Wow, that is so beautiful. I love that you spoke about you really have to kind of dismantle the parts of your past, the, the thoughts, the narratives, the old patterns that no longer serve you before you can step into your empowered life. You, you got to do the work. You can't just wave a magic wand and lead the empowered life. There is, there is some work and some processing and some letting go that has to happen first. Yeah, and it's and that goes back to the question that you asked about rest, right? Is that the the women that you spoke about who believe that they 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 can't rest? It's like where does that belief come from? Mm-hmm. You know, who was who was the person in your life that modeled self care and rest and balance for you? For most of us, we actually don't have that answer. And so then what we get to see is that this lack of rest, whether it's because um, we don't feel safe in society to rest because the world has shown us that it's not safe if we're in a certain body or a certain skin color, that it's actually not safe for us to rest, or whether it's because your mother was rubbing floors and made you feel as though there was no time to rest because she was trying to put food on the table. And that was the message or the world tells you that you're lazy if you rest, which is basically what the world tells you. Yeah. So you have to dig deep into understanding where those messages came from. You know, you're really fortunate that you had a dad that modeled for you, you know, eight hours of sleep, early to bed, early to rise. I had a dad who was a workaholic. He like graduated high school at 16, college at 18, medical school at 20, had to wait a year before he could practice medicine because he had to be 21. Mm -hmm. So I really had to distance myself from that model of like overachieving and workaholism and, and find balance, which is part of why I teach balance. So People like you, your teachings, your practice, your book is a great way, a great example that you can have a beautiful, fulfilling, empowered life and also honor the rest. So thank you so much, Tracy, for your book. Again, it comes out next month on Shambhala Press. I know they can also pre-order it through your website. So how can people find the book? How can they find you? I know you have some really cool spiritual tools. Like maybe tell us a little bit about those cards and uh, how can people find those cards? Because I really want to get those cards after looking at your website. So, yeah, tell us a little bit more about yeah. how people find you and your teachings. And and start with the cards because they look yes, really cool to me. the cards. So the cards are, um, they're called the Empowered Life self Oracle. So part of my practice, my personal practice, and part of what I teach is this idea of self-inquiry, right? Asking these questions and getting down to the root. Um, this card is, this uh, deck is 72 cards, which are questions that you just choose one randomly every day. 
when you make your chai or your tea, whatever, and you sit down and you answer honestly in your journal, free writing, it's, and then you do it every day for 40 days. Mm-hmm. And there will be a shift. We know from neuroscience that anything that we do between 20 and 60 days has the potential to change those neural pathways and create new habits. Mm-hmm. This is one of those practices. Um, if people want to find me, they can find me at Tracy with two E's yoga.com. And Shambhala right now is actually running a special uh, where they're giving 30% off on their website um, with the code RR30. So you can go to Shambhala. And if you're interested to know more about the book, you can go to radiantrest.com and you can find my podcast there. You can find all the info on the book. If you want to join the free book club after you pre-order, you can do that too and get some juicy bonuses um, while you're waiting for the book to come out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tracy. I just am so excited that we met on that one occasion 10 years ago and here we are right now. And I just got to... I wrote... People say things to you and you don't even remember, like, you probably don't even remember telling me this, but it stuck with me. You were like, start doing yoga and find a teacher you love. And that was really something that you emphasized in our conversation. And that really stuck with me. And I just thank you for, you know, I was someone you met in passing at an event, but you had a potent message and you delivered it to me. So that was thank beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that reflection and, and that memory. Thank you so much. Sure. So thank you guys for listening to the Balanced Beautiful Abundant Show. If you're listening on Facebook, tag a friend, share it on their wall. If you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and give us a five-star review and share this episode with someone. We don't have official sponsors. This is a grassroots podcast to people who really want to empower others. Share the message that Tracy just shared about rest and yoga nidra and her beautiful journey. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time with another amazing guest. And thank you so much, Tracy Stanley, for being on the Balanced, Beautiful, Abundant Show. Who says you can't have it all? I'm proof that you can. You just have to put your life into balance. Too much of anything, money, fitness, socializing, can overtake your life. When all seven aspects of your life work in harmony, you will achieve the balanced, beautiful, and abundant life you've always dreamed of. Please subscribe to hear more inspiring interviews. Is there someone you know who could benefit from this podcast? Please share this podcast with them. Please review this podcast. Your feedback will help me target your needs and plan for upcoming shows that answer your questions and feature guest speakers that can make a big difference in your life. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman. Feel free to DM me to book a free balance assessment call. And don't forget, stay balanced, beautiful, and abundant. It's living my life like it's living my life like it's